evening, and welcome to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Fullerton. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, and some that ran only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Oh, 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 oh. My name is Laura Prince. I'm a scientist and an adventurer. And today, welcome to Opposite Worlds. Yes. Alright, I just have more charisma than him. Can I do that again to sound more like him? Sure. My name is Laura Prince. I'm a scientist and an adventurer. Welcome to Opposite Worlds. I forgot I was Australian. <laughs> yeah. So did he. A lot. So this is sci-fi's Opposite Worlds. Um, this is, I believe this show is almost better known for the Jenny Nicholson video than it is for its yeah. own merit. Yeah, let's let's talk about the elephant in the room first, which yes. is Jenny Nicholson's video, which I love. Yeah. And I don't think we would have done this episode without Jenny Nicholson's video yes. existing. So we kind of have to pay unto Jenny Nicholson. What yes. is Jenny Nicholson? I mean, this was suggested by uh, my friend M on Twitch, along with Emily. Yes. Uh, but I, I would put money on the fact that at least one of them want us to do it because of the Jenny Nicholson video. Yes. And I love the Jenny Nicholson video, but she does not give enough detail of this. She also makes one really key factual error about the fact that the show is... 12 episodes, but it's only six weeks long. Yes. But I also did a lot of research into the structure of how the weeks were done. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why, like, that's important because when you realize the show is six weeks and how uh, how that affects gameplay and how that affects the clearly rushed decisions that are being made... Mm-hmm. It makes a little more sense. So we got a lot to get to. Yep, yep. Uh, if you've only seen the Jenny Nicholson video, I promise you we'll be bringing you some more information. Sure will. Uh, this is the first one we had to buy. Yes. So we bought this on Amazon Prime. Worth it. Uh, <laughs> hopefully I'll be able to use clips from it. We'll see. Uh, and uh, I have a lot of analysis I want to get to on the game as a whole. So let's get through this so I can get to my breakdown. Okay, we have 12 people. Yes. You're 12 people. We can, we'll get to them in... Okay. We'll get to them when we need to... Is it... Does it start with 12? No. Oh my god. Because two people join later. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14... No, so... But we do start with 12. We do start with 12? Okay. Okay. We start with 12 because two people come in later. Okay. So we start with 12 people. Now, obviously... Did, did no one just sound confused? Yeah. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Opposite uh, Worlds. Because you're going to have those moments of, wait, but they, what? Whatever. So there's this giant house split down the middle with a glass wall. Yes. That does not go floor to ceiling. It is <laughs> yeah. high, but you can, like, maybe perchance huck stuff over it. Yes. And there's, one side is the future. It is Steve Jobs presents an apartment. Yes. The other side is... A cave. Yeah, it's it's caveman times. Yes, so it's the future, which really kind of just looks like nice stuff. Yeah. And a literal cave. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, can, can you name something that they had in the future home that we don't? 
they had like an Alexa kind of thing. Oh, the, I'm saying that we personally don't. Um, I mean, like we could control my PlayStation through voice. We don't have the crazy like toilet warm thing. Yeah, we didn't have their special toilet. You're yeah, right. that's pretty much it though. Yeah. Uh, everything is just really just state of the art and expensive is yes, the main thing. And white. Yes, everything is white. Everything the players wear is white. Yes. And there are twelve people, and they are arbitrarily cut into two teams of six. One is sent to the Apple iCondo, and the other one is sent into a literal freaking cage. Yes. Chronos starts in the future, and Epoch starts in the past. And when they're first in there. Like, the glass wall is tarped off. Mm-hmm. So they they just are like, hey, weird tarp. I guess they were probably told not to touch it. Yeah. So they kind of get to know each other, and then a timer appears. Huh. Guys, 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 a timer just popped up. There's a timer that just popped up on the TV. I don't know what that means. I really don't like that. I'm enjoying my champagne, and all of a sudden, Rachel's like, there's a timer on the wall. First thing that went through my mind was... It's game time. Like, no more champagne, no more toasting. I mean, it's time to compete. It's game on. And then the sheets fall, and they realize, oh, there's people on the other side of the wall. What is this? Thank God I'm on this side. Cool. Yeah, there's a very weird um, privacy element that I never really get to dress in the show. Yeah. Of like, we don't get a really good grip of the layout. Mm Mm-hmm. But I was like, is that, how are they, how are people changing? How are people... Because the men and women are sleeping in the same room. Right. Even in Kronos. Mm-hmm. So there's literally no... Pri- this is a fishbowl on both sides. Yes. Kronos uh, has beds. They have a very nice kitchen. They have a hot tub. Like, they have a all... fire of, pit. Yeah, they have, like, a really... Think of, like, a, your friend's really nice apartment. Yeah. That's what this looks like. You know those houses that have pretentious lions out front? Yeah. What you'd imagine would be inside that house. So, they're eating, like, pastry. They're having, like, a lovely breakfast. Meanwhile, like, Epoch, the other team, yes. is eating, like, porridge. Yeah, they, they have vegetables and bread, sometimes meat. Usually uh, gross. Usually, yeah, usually there are flies on it. It comes with flies. Which is going to be something we're going to talk about in a little bit. Yeah. And they, they pee in a hole in the ground. They also poop in a hole in the ground. And they poop in a hole in the ground. Because at one point, someone says... Ew, that turd's like molding. Yeah. Again, this is, I think, something we're going to have to talk about. The way Kronos lives versus the way I think Kronos actually lives. Yes. All right, let's go through these teams real quick. On Team Kronos, who do we have? All right, on Team Kronos, we have Frank. Yes, he's a monster. He's the big dog. He's Roman Reigns. Yes, he's a firefighter and he is, as they say in the show, a gorilla. Yes. I've been a New York City fireman for 11 years. I love to work out. You know, I want to be the biggest guy walking into the gym. If it's come down to physicality, I'm going all the way. I mean, if you're going to play me in Sudoku, I'm not definitely winning that. He is the person 
second most rooted in their original geographic location. Yes. Jeffrey. He, Jeffrey's the wannabe villain. Yes, he's a weasel. He's got Latino spice, according to him. And he says a lot. And he, he wants to be the villain of this show. Yes. I am just that Latino, like that cha-cha-cha like kind of person. Like, I'm just the light of the party. Everybody just loves to root for the little guy. We have Lizette, who we don't know a lot about at this moment. We know that she's kind of like strong and capable. And she has curly hair. Yes. We have Danielle. She is blonde. That's really all we ever get out of her. Yes. And then we have Jesse. Jesse is Christian Slater circa 1993. He is JD from Heathers if JD didn't die at the end of Heathers. Spoiler yeah. for a 30-year-old film. Yeah, he reminds me of, of Patrick Bateman. There's yes. Just, there's an American psycho quality to him. You could do that entire first montage of Bateman's, like, toilette. Mm-hmm. And reveal Jesse at the end of it, and I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, believable. And then... I keep wanting to call Jesse Christian, because Jesse visually looks like a mix of Christian Slater and Christian the Wrestler. Yes, he does. Captain Charisma. Yes. (laughs) But not without the charisma. Yes. And then there's Rachel. Rachel is small, red-haired, and she is billed as being a professional gamer. Yes. So, she is like... She is what I thought Kronos should have been. Mm-hmm. People with very modern occupations that would not have existed 15 years ago, much less 1,500 years ago. Right. That's not really how it is. Like, I think Lizette is a nurse. I believe Frank is a firefighter. Mm-hmm. So that they didn't do it that way, and it would have been smart if they had. And then we have Epoch. Yes. Epoch, we have J.R., Yes, Jr. is a good old country Simple lawyer. country lawyer. Good old country lawyer, caveman. Good old caveman lawyer. I'm just a simple caveman lawyer. I'm just a caveman. Your lights and cars frighten me. And then we have Sam and Lauren. Sam and Lauren, who are blonde, and I get them confused constantly. Sam, the way I can differentiate Sam is if you've ever seen Parks and Recreation... Sam's vocal cadences are Ann Perkins. Yes. And facially, she kind of looks like the girl Mythbuster. Yes. Um, And then we have uh, Angela, who is small. Yes, she's very small and she does yoga. Yes. Wyatt, who is, he's the oldest competitor. He's nearing 50. Yeah, but he's a big dude. Here in Cocoa Beach, everyone knows me as Wyatt the lifeguard. I've saved three people with these hands where they were dead and I did CPR and brought them back to life. So whatever this game is, I'm taking it head on. I'm going to win. And then we have Charles. Charles is the Frank of Team Epoch. He is the big guy. He is the guy who's going to carry all their physical challenges. Yes. I spent 18 years in the military. Between the Marine Corps, the Army, and National Guard, I have everything necessary to win the competition. Just never quit it. Uh, so, we're, we then lead into our first challenge. Yes. Which is like the first, oh no, no, I'm sorry, I should explain this, because this is one of my biggest points of contention. Yes. They're told to then go to the present, which is just outside the house. Yes. And Luke Tipple is there. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Opposite Worlds. My name is Luke Tipple. I'm a scientist, an adventurer, and for the next six weeks, I'll be leading you on what will be a perilous journey through time. He's Ryan from the OC with less charisma. Yeah. He looks like Ben McKenzie. He does. But, like, if Ben McKenzie 
lost all of his charisma in a tragic Gotham-related accident. In a tragic Australian accident. <laughs> tragic um. Australian accident? Or tragic Australian accent? Oh. Bah, bah, bah. And it's very important that... Cause this is a moment that could have fixed the entire show. He brings both teams out, asks how they're doing. Cronus is doing great. Uh, Epoch is freezing cold, cannot start a fire, and starving because they're in the past. Yeah, they wanted to shoot in Louisiana. In the, I mean, this was airing in real time. Yes, it's a live show. Like the Wednesday episodes... This ran six weeks. The Tuesday episode was always pre-recorded, and the Wednesday episode was live with packages. Yes. And what would happen... So they're doing this in January. Um, who remembers the polar vortex we had in 2014? I do. New Orleans did, because they lost... Uh, they, they clearly expected it to be warm. For a number of reasons. One, most of the challenges are outdoors. Yes, involving water. Two, Epoch is clearly, like, in an uninsulated, unheated cave, Mm -hmm. which is intended to mimic outdoors. And now you have the situation of, like, these people are actually going to, like, get hypothermia. They begin almost immediately sleeping in what can be best described as a puppy pile. Yeah, to keep warm. Which is a big issue I actually do have with this game. Yeah. Yes. It turned nothing bad that we know of happened... But when you force that kind of physical closeness on people, like, you are opening up a world of, like, maybe this is a bad situation. It's true. for the fe- Particularly for the female competitors. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, my first thought is, oh, that's very dangerous to have done. Yeah. In a way that has nothing to do with the living situations themselves. Not having any opportunity for safety or privacy. And... One thing I do think Jenny Nicholson is right is I don't think the competitors were being watched as closely as they maybe should have been. Mm-hmm. So, like, something really bad could have happened at, like, nearly any time. This is true. After uh, Luke Tipple explains this to them, they explain that there will be a challenge, and whoever wins the challenge will get to choose what side their team will stay in, the future or the past. Yes. And that challenge will happen tomorrow. Back to your your uh, current worlds. This entire game would have been fixed is if he just said, will happen tomorrow. Teams switch worlds so you get to see both sides of it so you can make an informed decision after your challenge. Because Epoch's going in with a natural disadvantage. Yes. If you had just been like, all right, both teams have had to spend a day in each side of the world so they can make a choice. There's, it is never explained why Kronos is in the future and why Epoch is in the past at the start of this. And what uh, doesn't come through in Jenny Nicholson's video, and which you have to struggle to remember watching this, is by the time this is aired, five days have elapsed. They've already been living here for five days. Yeah. When we, like, see the first episode. Has it been five days? Yes. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, see, like... They I all- thought it was a day. I thought I thought it was two days and then the challenge. But no. The, I probably am wrong. The first one is five days. Um, because if you look at the Wikipedia, uh, Charles, what happens to Charles happens on day five. The first challenge. Oh, really? Takes place on day five. So Spoilers. Epoch has already been... Um, most of you watch Jenny Nelson video. You know things don't go great for Charles. <laughs> um, so Epoch has already had five days of 
freezing cold, no food, no, um, no, like, sanitation, etc. Yeah. When we hit this. And I, I'm guessing the idea is, while Kronos will be more nourished and rested, Epoch's gonna want it more. Right. And I think they're trying to show, like, you know, the haves versus the needs. Mm-hmm. And see, and have them clash. That is not what we get in this challenge. I think the other big issue, because let's address this now early on. They're imba- the they're incredibly unbalanced. There's no drawback to Kronos or to the future. Yes, and to we'll get into this a little bit more later. Mm-hmm. But like to the point where the contestants are confused, and I'll right. explain that in a little bit. But yeah, there's no good reason to live in the past, and there's not a good reason to leave the future. Right. The future is perfect. The The past is miserable. Yeah. So let's get to this challenge. <laughs> so how many of you friends have gone to like an event where they have the jousting where you're standing on an inflatable thing yeah. with a stick and you're hitting your friend and you're in the middle of Philly and you go for a nut shot and you hit your friend in the nuts in the middle of Center City? They all know what the Christmas joust is. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's that. But it's 10 feet in the air. Yes. With tasers. Yes. So now this is important. You start on the ground. You run up a ramp. And then you grab a stick with two tasers at the end of it. Yeah. So at each end is a taser. And you can't make contact until you exit like the safe zone where you're like, where you're grabbing the taser. Yeah. Uh, They're wearing Kevlar to keep uh, you from directly shocking them in the chest. Yes. So remember that safety moment, because it's like the last one you're going to say. Yes. They're, they're, so there's not going to be shocked. And they're wearing helmets. Yeah. And I think they're wearing goggles. Yes. Uh, but they're 10 feet in the air. And my first thought when I see this is, not enough padding around the end. No, it I It should didn't... be a big inflatable thing, not the mattresses you have. They're, they're crap, they're like... Stunt crash pads, but they have no grasp of... You would have to fall straight down yeah. to hit one of these crash pads. If you fall at any kind of angle... Well, we'll yeah. see what happens when you fall see, at any kind of angle. Me, personally, I'm really upset by this whole thing. Because as someone that runs a slipshot game show... Like, safety's a thing I have to care about. Yeah. And, like... There's been many things where I've, like, done something for Game the Gamer where I'm like, this could be a step too far. Like, someone could actually get injured. Let's not do this. Yes. Or, like, how can we make sure this is done safe, safely? You're the damn sci-fi channel. Yeah. Like, how do you not know how to do this safely? And, like, it's cheap for the sake of being cheap because, like, I can't imagine crash pads are that expensive. Yeah. I mean, let, I'm gonna like I'm gonna give you a quick breakdown here. You start on the ground and then you run up, and then you can't touch each other until you your opponent crosses into the safe zone. Yeah, there's like a white line you cross. Yeah, so there's no point to the running up. Like it's not like getting up there first means that you can then just cross take into both the of them. Yeah, yeah, take both of the stakes. You're still gonna have to wait. So just start them up there. This way, there's not that weird thing that has to detract away from that. Uh, there's also no reason for it to be 10 feet in the air. Right. You could just have it be a circle that you can't, like, step in. And I understand that the idea of falling is a good visual, mm-hmm. like, thing. But I think back to American Gladiators, when that came back with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. 
anytime that there had a chance that you had to fall, you wore a neck brace. Yeah. Because, like, if you fall on the top of your head, yeah, you want to protect your skull, but you're going to break your neck. Right. So, already so many problems. And, you know, I immediately said someone's going to get hurt, and what do you know? So the first challenge is, I don't even have who Lizette, I think Lizette is versus Angela. Yeah. Lizette wins. It looks entirely like it's supposed to look. It's good. Yeah. Now, I immediately notice that no one is swinging it like a baseball bat, which is what I would do. They're kind of using it like a a bow staff. staff. Uh, And there's just some, like, light shoving. Yeah. So I would like to think that at least they were said, hey, don't swing it like a baseball bat. Yes. Um, So then we have Charles versus Jesse, Mm -hmm. our... Epoch's big man who's a combat veteran from Afghanistan, war hero, versus uh, greetings and salutations. Yes. Jesse, full on, continuing the comparison with Christian, he edge spears Charles. Yeah, it's a full on to spear and takes him out. Team Epoch, Charles, are you ready? Team Kronos, Jesse, are you ready? Yeah. Woo! All right, gentlemen. Engage on my command. In three, two, one, go! He is hurt, man. Yeah, that was hurt. Get Maddox in place. Yeah, like you could play this clip with Michael Cole screaming, Spear! Spear! Yeah, yeah by God. And And Charles goes all the way down. Yeah. At an angle. At an angle. It kind of looks like he bounces off the ramp that Mm -hmm. he was coming up. Yeah. And I want to really point out the deceptive camera angles that they do here. Yeah. Because the competitors who are not in the contest at the moment are looking down at Charles. And they all say, his leg is broken. Mm -hmm. We never see Charles really again after this moment, though. Like, we never get a shot of him laying there that's not blurred by smoke or something. No, and I imagine that is for graphic reasons. I'm sure, like, it's upsetting. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's, based on the injury we find out he has, I'm sure it is, We, is. I'm sure it's real bad. Well, you gotta realize, like, the team looking down at him is ten feet away and yeah. can look down and go, that's a broken leg. Yeah. So it's probably real bad. Then they and show, they're upset. And they're upset. And then they show an ambulance coming from a distance away. Which I hope is B-roll. Because like, I was like, why aren't you there? <laughs> Especially because we later established that there are medics on site. Because oh. guess what, kids? This is not the last injury we're going to see on this show. So this is the worst injury. He gets ambulanced out. They give the point to Epoch. Yeah, they give a point. Because Jesse did break the rules. Yeah, he crossed out of the safe zone too early. Yes, which is important for later. But the game's going to continue. Yeah. Rachel versus Angela. Rachel wins. Wyatt versus Frank. Frank wins because Frank's a monster. This is a gorilla. Uh, That's when I really get a good look at how many crash pads there are because my next note says, Oh, there are not enough pads. Yeah. Um, And then so we're tied. Yes, we get to a tie. Uh, and in this, Lauren has hurt her finger, and there is a shot where a third girl appears to be in a sling, but it's quick. 
Yeah, and they and never mentioned And she's not it. in the sling again. Yeah. Like, I can't even remember which team she was on, but there was a shot. I want to say... It might have been Sam, but it might have also been Lauren. I think it was Epoch. Because so. it was early, and it, we weren't really good at telling the difference between them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have two injuries. That's yeah. the current count. Two, maybe three. Right. Um, and ultimately, Kronos wins. Now, I have to talk about this match. Yes. Because the the final two that in this final match, do you remember who it was? Not the top of my head. Uh, it was uh, uh, the curly-haired girl. Lizette. Lizette. Lizette was first. Yes, because it's a rematch of the first fight. Right. So it's Lizette versus Sam? Because they're all like, ooh, rematch. Yeah. And it goes on for a while. And there's a point where Epoch's about to lose, or so- something's about to happen... And Luke Tibble goes. Hey, no kicking! Stop and stand! No kicking! So all you had left, girl, you got you got to Okay, Lizette, Sam! Despite a valiant effort down there, this is not a wrestling match. We're resetting. Take your position. Because they were they were on the ground doing fairly legitimate looking like Olympic style wrestling, not yeah. like no one's doing a spear this right. time. Here, here's the list of problems yes. right here. They never show kicking. No. They never show anyone being kicked. It, she was probably kicking her feet to struggle. Mm-hmm. Epoch had the advantage there, and now they're being stood up. Yeah. Uh, uh, so now the advantage that they had is gone. And he says, this is not a wrestling match. When Jesse spears Charles... He never picks up his stick. No. No, he doesn't. So, like, the moment that happened, I would be on that team going, bullshit. Yeah. We watched our teammate die. Yeah. <laughs> now you're going to be all about these rules? No. So then we, we get into back into the world, and there's a sitting room, and there's a fire pit with a hot tub. Just, just for uh, reference, Cronus Wins picks the future. That, yeah. that should go without saying, but I needed to say it. <laughs> And then each, um, Lauren is able to come back. She has a splint on her fingers. Mm-hmm. And you, each team is allowed to pick someone to be the protected. Yes. This is the uh, immunity, essentially. Your team chooses one person who will be immune, and that is the protected. One of those protected is going to be the, and I swear they could have taken ten minutes and come up with a better term for this, mm-hmm. the decider. Decider. I'm the decider. So Lizette, Lizette and JR are the two protected. Yes. And we're going to find out in the next episode who Twitter votes mm-hmm. to be the decider. Because Twitter is huge in this show. Yes. Now, the role of the decider is they will choose who will go into the duel of destiny. A member of Epoch and a member of Kronos. And the loser is eliminated. So we get an elimination once a week, but mm-hmm. not every episode. Yeah. Because we get two episodes a week. Yeah, so the Wednesday night are the elimination. The Tuesday night are kind of like the video packages and the time challenges. So let's let's talk about the two Twitter aspects of picking the decider. Yes. That's going to be between two people. Twitter decides which one of them gets to be the decider. Mm-hmm. And Twitter is going to pick a most liked and least liked yes. contestant every week. Using the Verizon Popularity Index. Opposite Worlds isn't just a social experiment. It's a revolutionary social media experiment. And you, America, are in control. 
Using a newly created Twitter popularity index presented by Verizon, you can change the outcome of the game. Good or bad, when you tweet about a specific player using hashtag OppositeWorlds, you'll affect their popularity index. Every week, the most popular player, as determined by you, will receive a reward. The least popular player will receive a punishment. And you'll get to vote as to what those will be. So keep those tweets coming and watch every episode of Opposite Worlds to see how you've affected the game. But th that's the most explanation we get. Yeah. So we can see the second show is a live show. And we already see that the Duel of Destiny is an obstacle course because Luke Tibble's standing outside of it. Yes. These live shows have a ton of recap and a ton of leaning on the social media. Yes. And Luke Tibble is not as good live. And he wasn't very good yeah. pre-recorded. Like, we hear him stumble and get confused a lot. Things that are big takeaways from this is we see Jr. and Jeffrey form an alliance. Yes. The simple country lawyer and the smug snake. Mm-hmm. And we talk about, you know... Who is who, and Lizette decides that she's going to choose Angela mm -hmm. if she's going the decider, and Jr. lays into Jesse. Yes, because at this point in the show, everyone's pretty mad at Jesse for yeah. really wounding Charles. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. When it just occurred to me, yes. Usually, when you have these aerial challenges, even on a show like say, a rock of love or a daisy of love, they're in harnesses. Yeah. It just occurred to me that, like, those two people should have absolutely been in harnesses. Yeah, why it not? It wasn't even the live show. Just do it that way. Yeah, it, it wasn't even in the live show, so it wasn't like they would, had to worry about the time it took to put the harnesses mm -hmm. on and off. There's no reason Charles should have ever hit the ground. Yeah, there's, a, and like I said, if you don't want to do harnesses, put it two feet in the air. Yeah. Really, what's the difference? Yeah. So then Charles comes back in on crutches, and everybody's, like, happy to see him. But, like, he's pretty miserable because he's broken his tibia in two places. Yeah, it requires surgery. Like, it's a nasty injury. Oh, we miss you! Uh, thank you, thank you. What are you doing? No, I'm doing as well as I can. So Bro broken tibia. Oh. Yeah, two different places. Wait, well, you look good. Thank you, thank you. Oh, yeah. Did you get food and hey, some deodorant? I was, I was food, deodorant, and toothpaste. <laughs> what happens now? You have to have surgery? Yeah, I have to have surgery, yeah. How do you and feel about that? Man? Now I, I kind of feel bad, you know? And then we have this moment where it goes to commercial, but obviously, like, we watched it on Amazon Prime, so we didn't get a, have a commercial. Yeah. And I said it goes to commercial, and Noah just died a little inside. Because on the live show, the music cuts out, and you hear somebody in production... A, Maybe Luke Tibble, because his mic might still be ongoing. Yeah, like, I really hope I can pull the exact clip, but you hear just a weird mouth noise. And it happens a few times. Yeah, almost to the point where we're like, is this part of the theme? I was like, what is this? This is when we realize... We, we start seeing the talking heads. The, we're going to get through the live show recaps pretty fast for the most part because yeah. it's a lot of repackaging. It's a lot of repetition. I do have one important moment I need to talk oh, about. Oh, we're going to talk about this episode a little bit more still. Okay. Uh, this is when we realize that the main difference is they don't give Epoch any makeup. Mm -hmm. But they do give them makeup for the talking heads. 
Yes. Because one they look character way better. <laughs> well, one character also has like uh, hormonal acne on her chin, mm-hmm. and like as someone who has that as well, I'm like, oh, friend, and she doesn't have it in the Talking Heads. Yeah. And I was like, let me tell you how not quickly that crap goes away. Right. Right. Like I have scars from like. Hormonal acne I had two years ago. Mm-hmm. So that does not go away quickly. Right. She doesn't have it in the talking heads. And I was like, okay, this is the first sign that they are not letting Team Epoch be as unattractive as they would be being in these situations. I have a strong theory that Epoch is being given off screen. They're still uncomfortable, but they're being given a certain amount of stuff off screen. Yes. So, JR is chosen with 90%. All right, okay. before we get to that. Yes. Uh, there's a moment where each one of the protected gets to go and talk to the other team. Yes. And try to gain some information to inform their decision of who will go into the Duel of Destiny. Yes. JR goes over to to Kronos, and you can tell that his goal is to figure out what's wrong with the future. Yes. Like... Clear, what's, the issue with living in the past is evident to them. Yeah. What's the catch? There has to be a catch for the future, and he's desperately looking for it because they could not fathom the idea that Kronos just has it easy for no reason. Yeah, they they were looking... Like, there should be a catch. There has to be a drawback of some kind. And there isn't one. Just the desperation of being like, so what's the issue? And... There's this weird tease that you and I both call mm-hmm. where in the future there's an AI. Yeah. And Rachel immediately doesn't trust it. Yeah, they have a, an AI named Athena who yes. is running the house. And Rachel, who is the professional gamer, has clearly played Portal and yeah. side eyes the AI like, oh no. Yeah, this is going to be a problem. And we see it in like the first episode. And then we see it like, I don't know. In episode eight? Yeah. And then just never again. So, like, they had, like, the tiniest inkling of an idea that they just abandoned. They also make sure the group living in the future has to tell the group living in the past to go outside. Yeah. And it was like, what's to stop them from just not telling them? I mean, I guess nothing, but... Eventually, they'd be like, go tell them. (laughs) And, like, the social media aspects, like, they have the screen on the chrono, or on the, I keep saying the chrono side because they're in it for, like, the first few episodes. On the future side. On the future side. So they're still showing the past, the screen. They're, like, pointing at it and, like, reading it to them. Mm -hmm. So this is, like, a little broken. Mm -hmm. And, like, to the point where it can't even support the own, the gameplay. Yeah. You had the idea of there should have been, like, a monolith. Yeah. In the past that would convey this information to them. Yeah. A monolith would be good. I had an idea that uh, since the past would happen first, Mm -hmm. the past could be able to do things that, like, affect the future. Like, what if there was a butterfly room? And because you know the butterfly effect, and, and you like, just mess with something. Like, if you kill this butterfly, it's not a real butterfly in this scenario. If you kill this butterfly, uh, it would affect the invention of television. Yeah, and then you could be like, "Well, I could smash this and screw over the other team, but eventually, I want to live in the future, so maybe I should just leave it alone." Ah, uh, there's a point to living in the past. And then you and I actually both had this thought, which means it's like if you and I both had it, like. It means it should have felt pretty obvious. 
of the way the food should have been balanced. The ca- What is a very popular diet right now among people? The caveman diet. The paleo diet, correct. Yeah. Uh, which is whole foods and, like, you know, good, you know, protein. What They should have had the past have real whole food like that. Like, mm-hmm. nothing crazy fancy, but, you know, like, good meat, good yeah, vegetables. That they had to cook themselves. Yeah, but, like, stored in a way that's still safe. Because yeah. they really play up how unsafe it looks like it's being stored. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, you and I both know is, like, that fly was put in in post. Because that's yeah. actually, like, not hygienic. Mm-hmm. But they should have had the future living off, like, soylent. Yeah. Or, like, protein powder kind of mm-hmm. things, like... The food should not have been yeah. good. I, I lived off of Soylent for a summer, and you can do it. It's fine. Yeah. But it does get old after a while. Yeah, like, I drink breakfast shakes in the morning because I'm not hungry, mm-hmm. usually. And, like, that is what future food, I think, would feel like. Yeah. Of, like, you were getting your nutrients by something that's kind of, like, you are technically nourished, but you're not satisfied. Yeah. Just for some reason for why, maybe... You would give up the future. And there should have been tons of junk food. Yeah. Like, it should have just been, like, Soylent and crap. And, like, yeah, chocolate cake. Yeah, like... And Funyuns. Chips. Yeah, like, everything... Like, everything you would buy for a party mm-hmm. that's not you seen in nature. You live off of. And I think that would add in a disadvantage for uh, the future, because... If you're tired of Soylent, you're eating garbage, and it would affect your performance. Yeah. So let's, I guess, get to the duel. Uh, yeah, JR wins the decider with 90% of the vote, almost as if the audience is sensing that the game is broken and pities the team that's, t- that's in yes. the past. And they pick Rachel versus Angela to do this challenge that was clearly designed before they realized it was going to be 30 degrees yes. out. They had to jump in water. Climb like a big foam wall. Yeah. Slide down the other side. Go under these two, which means going underwater, these Mm -hmm. two barriers. Go around a pole and come back as many times as they could. Yes. Whoever completed the most laps won. Yes. And this is the first time you will hear this very important phrase from Luke Tibble. Still anything could happen. Let me translate that for you, children. Ooh, this is one-sided. I'm live, and I have to make this still look like, it, you know, I have to add suspense to this. Yeah, so every one of these challenges, there's a moment where there's a clear winner. So Luke Tibble has to say, like, come on, Rach, you could do it. Still anything could happen. It's like, what, she could run the wrong way? <laughs> because that's not going to happen. Which does happen in the later challenge. Uh, um, yeah. Angela laps Rachel at one point. Yeah, like... They have three minutes to do it, and after a minute and a half, uh, Rachel is lapped. So it's over. And this is kind of when I had this moment of, like, I, I'm Googling how long it takes for someone to become hypothermic. Because mm-hmm. they're saying, like, the water is very cold. It's very cold outside. Yeah. So this is, like, legitimately dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, there's a lot of reality shows that do cold water and it ends badly a lot of the time is it 35 degrees outside when yes. you're doing it because what was that john cena one uh true grit sure 
Yeah, there was a John Cena reality show called True Grit that was that involved swimming in very cold water, and someone goes into shock. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure someone goes into shock on like a, an episode of Road Rules where they swim in very cold water. Yeah, it's very cold water, and it's very cold outside. This is like the classic... Someone's ice skating and they fall through the ice. Mm-hmm. Like in Riverdale when like Cheryl Blossom falls through the ice and then they have to like save her because she's going into hypothermic shock and starting to fall asleep under the water. There's my one per episode mm-hmm. of Riverdale references. Uh, but it's that. But it's both contestants, the winner and the loser. And Rachel goes in guns blazing and a minute or two in starts to slow down. And I'm kind of like, someone should get her. Like, she's going to die because mm-hmm. who, who does go who, who goes against rachel Which angela means? angela towards the end angela they're like keep going angela you're winning but keep going she climbs to the top of the the foam wall and stops until the time runs out because it's the only place that's not in water yeah she like <laughs> sees that the timer's down to like 10 seconds realizes there's no way rachel will catch up and then just refuses to go back in the water yeah and that's smart gameplay from Angela. Yeah, smart move. Smart move. And then we find out... So Rachel's eliminated. And we get our first Luke sucks at this part. Yes. Uh, speech where he's like, you've been eliminated. You can you can leave. Yes, you, you have Dismissed. been eliminated. Go get, I think he actually says, go get warmed up by your team. And everybody yeah. just starts rubbing her. Yeah, which is also <laughs> kind of dangerous for... Well, they're Chrono, so they're living in the future. So they're going to go get warm soon. Mm-hmm. And they pick the favorite. Um, they announce the Twitter. Well, I, I think there's another Twitter thing we got to talk about first. Okay. Uh, there are four people who can be added to the game. Right. So they're like, here's the four people. You can learn about them on sci-fi.oppositeworlds.com. And two of them will be joining the game. Yes. And again, I need to remind you that they've now been living at this place for a week yes. when this happens. Uh, and then we have the favorite and least favorite. These contestants don't know yet, but we do, that JR is the favorite and Jeffrey is the least favorite. Yes. And the Twitter audience will get to choose rewards and punishments. It is never said on TV what the options are, and we couldn't get information on what they were. Yes. I also want to point out that I find it suspicious that the favorite also happens to be the protected, who... Had 90% of the vote. So everyone was already talking about him. Because that's how the game works. You had a reason to talk about JR. Also, this early in the show, think about like how we're talking about Sam and Lauren. Mm -hmm. You can't really tell people apart super well yet. Mm -hmm. Like, if you've only been watching for an episode or two, think about all of the people in reality shows who, when you get to the last episode and they show the clip show, you're like, oh, yeah, the professor from Daisy of Love. Yeah. Like, the people who are just not memorable. Yeah. Uh, so, we we learned that being added to the game is a girl named Mercy to Team Kronos. Yes. And a guy named Steve to uh, Epoch. Yes. Here are the major problems with this. Okay. One, uh, they just get a week free. Yeah. There's no way that you can honestly prove to me that neither of them would end it up in this game, the Duel of Destiny, if they weren't there. Yeah, they get a buy, essentially. Yeah. Especially Steve. There's no way... What if Steve went up against Jesse in yeah. that first game? 
I don't know. Steve does, and it's very important to note this, play Quidditch. He does play Quidditch. And this is the most infuriating part to me. There are four possible people yeah. to be voted into this game. That means there were two people that were ready to go into this game that don't. Yes. Why wasn't Charles replaced? That's a really good point. Charles gets injured and taken out of the game based off of an illegal maneuver in an unsafe game. So Epoch is at a disadvantage because of cheating that they never fix. (laughs) Yeah, and they could have put a guy, like, there were two men and two women. Uh, They could have taken, if Steve wins the Twitter vote, they could have also taken the other man and given him to Epoch as well. Yeah, it's that obvious. Just do it. When we get into week two, we see Epoch, the one unseen... And I I don't think the people who designed this game were smart enough to anticipate this. Epoch becomes a team and they care about each other. And Team Kronos are very self-involved. Yes. I do not know if that's something they intended for or just a happy accident. I mean, that could be editing. Yeah. But it it's definitely does create a, a nice sense of drama and makes you favor a team. Yes. And um, we get the medieval challenge. And Jenny Nicholson loves talking about this challenge because it's ridiculous. Yes. They tie the new... And both teams pick the new player. Mm-hmm. Because there's no bond yet. Even yeah. Kronos kind of is going to have more loyalty to each other than they have to this new girl. Mm-hmm. So they tie these new people to a rack... Yeah. With lots and lots and lots and lots of knots. The teams have to untie them, but there's two people who are throwing tomatoes because that's... These people's idea of medieval times was they went to a Renaissance fair one time. Mm-hmm. And they're like, stocks! Now, I will say, when we did the first Duel of Destiny, I was like, why isn't this just themed over a time? Yeah. And then when we have this challenge, and it is, I'm like, okay, they at least figured one thing out yes. about theming. <laughs> kind of, yes. Mm-hmm. So we have... Them do, and like, obviously the tomatoes are supposed to be a distraction. Yeah. But Frank and Jesse start throwing the tomatoes at Steve. Yes. And they cut Steve, because they hit Steve right in the face, and the goggles actually cut Steve. Frank continues to hammer them with tomatoes. Oh, I'm over here, buddy, not over there. Steve, remember to duck your head into those, mate. They cut his eye. And he has a scar, like, from his nose to about his cheekbone. Yeah, he's like a cool under-eye scar. Yeah. And I'm going to pull this up and see if he still has the, uh... He has a Twitter account that's reasonably uh, recently updated. So I'm going to take a look and see if he still has that scar. Okay. Because I will say this about this, is that, like, he gets cut open and it's bleeding and he's just tied up getting tomato juice in it. Oh, no, yeah, there... He still has it? Oh, I think he still has it. Yikes. That's a shame for the Quidditch player. Yeah. He had a glow up, though. Good for him. Uh, so Kronos wins this challenge. Yeah. And chooses to live in the future. What? Yeah. Now... I, oh, also, injury count four. This is where I'm at my breaking point. Yes. Because this has been so unfair that if I was on Team Epoch, I might quit. Yeah, there's no way this is less livable than mm-hmm. living with Daisy De La Hoya. Yeah. <laughs> like, more people quit Daisy of Love than this show, in that no one has quit this show yet. And, like, at this point, after what's happened to Charles and Steve, Kronos has purposely and intentionally injured teammates. 
by playing the game incorrectly. Yeah. Like, even taking aside Lauren's injury, mm-hmm. which is an effect of normal gameplay. Yes. And no repercussion. Correct. There's no repercussion. So I'm imagining I'm on Team Epoch. I'm sitting with a guy who's got a cut under his eye. My other teammate was taken to the hospital and needs surgery. I would go back to the cave and sit and stare at Kratos, uh, Kratos at Kronos. I wouldn't stare at Kratos. Like a psychopath. And the next time we're playing games, I would just say on live television, because they couldn't stop me, my goal is to injure the other team. That's how they've been winning. That's how I'm playing now. Put me in the duel. I will injure whoever comes in with me. Yeah, like... <laughs> that is my intention. Stop me. Because you and I, I believe, actually took a break from the show for like an hour at this point and discussed what our approaches would be. It was after this episode, because we also now see the effects of the Jeffrey JR um, alliance, is that Jeffrey is like making Lunchables for yeah, JR. throwing them over and the And hucking wall. them over the fence. And is like, I'll keep you safe if you keep me safe. And JR is going to say anything Jeffrey wants, because JR wants... The Nutrigrain bars to keep coming over the wall. Mm-hmm. But, like, at this point, like, I've never been more angry at a television show. This feels like the prison experiment. Yes. Where it's just like, they live in luxury, and so they don't get, they don't see them as human. Yeah. So they're just getting them hurt and whatever. <laughs> yeah, and like, I, I want to talk a little bit more about the Alliance, too, because this is Jeffrey's yeah. attempt of playing the game. Of when Jeffrey realizes that the Twitter thing to look likable mm-hmm. is important, we see Jeffrey in his alliance trying to give Jr. food. Like, yeah. look at me, I'm nice. Here's some food. Uh, unfortunately, it's already been locked in for the week. Um, and you know, Jeffrey, they have the announcement of who is the most and least popular. Yes, Jr. is the most popular. Jeffrey is the least, and Jeffrey is crushed. Yeah, now. America tweeted, and their least favorite player so far is Jeffrey. Wow. That's really upsetting. We like you. We do. (laughs) I just, I don't, I don't know why America says that I'm the worst. Yes. Um, Jeffrey is absolutely crushed to tears over mm-hmm. it because he is stunned that playing like a weasel has not made him likable. Yeah. Who would have guessed? And then this is even weirder. The Let's start. The reward for JR mm-hmm. is that he is going to have a lovely feast and can bring along one of his teammates, so he picks his boy Wyatt. Yes. This is nice. This is a normal reality show thing of like, you get an extra nice meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffrey, who has become the least popular, uh, doesn't get food for 24 hours. Yeah, you're just forbidden to eat. I was like, well, this seems gross. And has to take another person with him. So he takes Jesse. Yeah, and you they know, just starve together. You know, the, the murder person. Because <laughs> I, I think if I'm on Kronos, Jess, Jesse's might be the last person I want to make angry. Because I think that he's going to turn my skin into a dress. I think Jesse volunteers. Oh, that makes sense. Because that's one of the mechanics of the game they're trying to push. Is like, not only are you punished, but you have to now take a a person on your team that you know is more popular than you amongst this Twitter audience and piss off all their fans too. 
Yeah. But every time there's a punishment, people are like, I'll do it with you. Yeah, because they want to look like Because they're trying to look likable. So they look at it, and there's ten people left by this point. Um, because Mercy and Steve are not in this poll. Because they're not, they haven't been in it yet. Right. Um, so the top characters are everyone in Kronos, or everyone in Epoch. The bottom are everyone in Kronos. Yeah. And Frank makes a point, and it's one of the few points that Frank manages to make eloquently of, they're the underdogs. Of course people are going to like them. Mm Mm-hmm. We kind of have this situation of Jesse and Jeffrey are starving. And then this is when I kind of realized what my strategy would have been. Right. And it, we had this very interesting conversation about the gender dynamics in play. Because mm-hmm. you were saying you would go to violence. You would go to hurting the other team. I would play up... This This show feels very Hunger Games to me. I would go the Katniss angle and try to kind of dupe another player in on the opposite team into a romance okay because if you can dupe another player into the romance it this is all gonna sound real gross and real manipulative but we're doing reality tv so is like my first thought is okay jesse's kind of a pariah because of what he did Mm -hmm. i show any kind of sympathy for jesse like wow it what happened to Charles is really horrible. You must feel really bad. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. And then you spark that. If Jesse's a good player, he latches onto that as an attempt to make himself look more likable. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just try to ride that Peta Katniss drama right. to being more popular. Because I think the more dangerous thing than being unpopular is being forgotten in this game. Yes. I think the middle... You know, your top two or three and your bottom two or three are at least memorable enough that they have places to go. Mm-hmm. Your middle of the pack is where you're, like, just going to get forgotten and no one's going to care about yeah, you. Yeah, your, your family are saying nice things about you. So, like, I would probably try to spark somebody into a showmance. Yeah. Uh, that way you could kind of just, like, be like, okay, look, we fake it. We can play this for drama. It'll make both of us look likable if we're trying to agonize over like, oh my gosh, you know, I like this guy, but he's on the wrong team. And, you know, we're passing notes under the wall or whatever. Right. And that was a mechanic that you said should have been in play of a way to communicate between teams that wasn't the wall. Yeah, yeah. Just a time portal. Yeah. Where you could slide things back and forth. Yeah, like... And have it be something they found later in the show. Yeah, like something they discovered. Never, yes, not something that's, like, advertised. So, uh, we get this thing, Frank and Lauren are the protected. Right. And uh, Frank kind of apologizes to Steve. Right. But the apology is kind of like, I'm sorry you're such a wuss. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, not I'm sorry, good. I'm sorry that you couldn't handle getting hit directly in the face <laughs> Un- when you were unable to protect yourself. And then uh, there's a great moment. One of the few times Jesse comes off as super likable mm-hmm. is Frank is, like, crazy dismissive of Steve because of Quidditch. And Jesse's like, yo, Quidditch is brutal. Yeah. And, like, explains Quidditch. And that's, like, the first moment where Jesse is not just a psycho murder person. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's a psycho murder person who knows that Quidditch is a rough sport. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, this challenge. Lauren wins and gets to be the decider with, like, 93% of the vote. Right. I actually failed to differentiate uh, which episode 
is which I actually just broke this into weeks in okay. some of my notes. So we're already in the duel. Yes. Again, this shows you how little happens in a lot of these episodes. Mm -hmm. Of It's a lot of social media packaging. It's a lot of, like, this is what they're doing. There's like mm -hmm. a... Oh, we smell bad. A 10-minute ad for, like, the technology mm -hmm. that's in the uh, future. So it becomes Wyatt versus Jesse. Yes. But Wyatt is mad at the team because Wyatt doesn't feel he should have been sent out. Yeah. So be it. Jesse, you will enter the Duel of Destiny tonight. What? How do you feel about all this? I mean, you and Jesse traded words last time. I know that there's perhaps a little bit of rivalry between you guys. How do you feel going into it tonight? Well, there went the integrity of the team. Our, uh, our pact was to throw in the new guy right away to keep the tactical advantage. It's not the time to take out Jesse. We are uh, beaten down over here a little bit, and we needed to get over there to build up. So they went against my will. I was told, so I'll do what I have to do. Because he believes that Kronos wants Jesse gone. Mm -hmm. So beating Jesse is doing them a favor. Right. So let's not do that. Let's throw in Steve, the new guy. Which I kind of agree with. He's a new guy. Yeah. He, hasn't, he didn't have to duel anybody with tasers. Right. But they pick Wyatt, and Wyatt turns into a crazy person. Wyatt, like, kind of... I actually, before the challenge, have... Uh, Wyatt should win. He doesn't really have a team to go back to now. Yeah. Like, he is viciously turned on his team. And if he wins, you get this idea of like, oh, this dynamic is going to be borked. Yeah. And that would make a really interesting thing of Epoch, which was so connected, being divided. Oh, Jesse won. <laughs> well, the game is you have to break through a wall. Like the Kool-Aid man. Like the Kool-Aid man. Jump into a lake and find a sword? Yeah, this is the medieval one. So it's the uh, women lying in strange ponds form of government. Yeah. You have to put swords in a stone. Yes. Uh, putting the swords in the stone. In the stone. It's backwards. Yeah. Uh, so you jump into this like dark water. You find a sword. You run. You go through a tar pit. Yep. And you put the sword in the stone. And then you have to find five of them. Yes. Oh, uh, there's some good editing here. There's not. No, I'm going to break this down because this is upsetting. <laughs> All right, so it's five. Yeah, each team has to find five and they're separated. Yes. So there's definitely an element of luck here, mm -hmm. which I th immediately think, well, there shouldn't be luck in this game. It should like, it, if it's, it's, if you find them, you find them. So you could happen to jump in the water and land on one, or you might have to swim a little bit. And with this show, you could land mm -hmm. on one and bust your knee. Yeah. Because this show is not safe. It is neck and neck. Yes. Neck sword wins it. They both jump into the water. We cut back to them both searching. Then we cut to the teams watching and cheering on to get their reactions. Miss the fact that Jesse finds a sword. And we just cut to him putting a sword in. Yep. As he's putting the sword in, turns out Wyatt was right behind him. But we had no context for this. Yep. And Luke just goes, and Jesse wins. You have to place it in the sword, and Jesse wins. Yes, and I, I know, my dears, that you think Noah is exaggerating when he says, and Jesse wins. No. But that's how Luke Tipple sounds. Yeah, that, that is the level of excitement. <laughs> uh, Jesse mentions that there's a warming tent that he is going to go yeah, to. Go into the warming tent. Which I think someone coached him to do, because I think they were like, hey. Rachel and Angela dead? Yeah, the people are thinking these people are tired. Um, Jesse is a gracious winner and actually 
approaches charming yeah. in this episode. And that's the exact wording I used in my notes. I don't say that he is charming. I say he is approaching mm-hmm. charming. But Wyatt is kicked off and he does not leave graciously. Well, not to put me up. It was a 50-50 chance and you guys did it anyway. Oh, yeah. That's you, all I gotta say. You, you've been really close with your team. Is that how you want to leave this? That's how I'm leaving, guys. They shouldn't have picked me. Tactically, should have been the new guy. They broke the pack. 50-50, guys. I gave it all I got. 50-50. Guys, anything to say about that? You He's did a leaving. good job. You did, did a great job. We're gonna miss you. We'll miss you, Wyatt. Okay. I'm happy. I'm going home anyway. Screw it. Oh, all right. Wyatt, you've been eliminated. Head off to the warming tent. No, kind of... he gives his team the finger and says, it's a 50-50 chance. This is what I told you. Yeah, and like, he's not wrong. It, it, let, let's quote Big Lebowski here. You're not wrong. You're just an asshole. Yeah. Like, he's a huge jerk about it, but that is the game. Yes. And just storms off. Yeah. Week three. Week three. Uh, this is... My favorite time challenge, because it's stupid. Yeah. This is the VR one with the robot. Yeah, the four team members are blindfolded and tied together. And are guided by a team in a, or a teammate in another room that sees through a robot. Yeah, it's a locked room. Yeah. Where they're like in like a command center and they can see through like... If you've seen that episode of like the Big Bang Theory, where Sheldon is... Like, just speaking to people through an iPod on wheels. Yes. That's what this is. That's what this is. They have to find these, like, puzzle pieces to build a bridge so that the robot can deliver a key to the person locked in a room and get unlocked. I will say, this seems fair. Yeah. As a game, like, it's not overly strength, it's not overly smarts, it's teamwork. Like, it's not a, well, Frank's on the team, so clearly he's going to win scenario. Yeah. This is also the moment where I realized the key flaw in... Luke Tipple, adventurer and scientist. Mm-hmm. He is too neutral, and that's what makes him boring. You know what this show needed in a host? Alton Brown from Cutthroat Kitchen. Evil. There needs to be gleeful malice in some of these challenges. Yeah. Like, I think it would make the show work better if the host is a bit of a butt about everything. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, and by the way, you're all tied together! Ha! Yeah. He's like the camp council, like... These challenges feel like they were designed from by the camp counselor from hell. Yeah. As, like, the icebreakers from hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, having him come out and say, I'm Luke Temple, the Time Lord. I will be the, the master of time here. Makes as much sense as saying, I'm Luke Temple, scientist and adventurer. I'm sure there's some minor actor from Doctor Who they could have hired for this. Yeah. Like, somewhere. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that they were all busy. Yeah. Get, get, There's 15 doctors. Yeah. Uh, 14. War doctor. Um, so, the VR challenge, we have Sam as the communicator for Epoch. And Sam kills it. Yes. Like, she is great at communicating. They're working as a well-oiled machine. It's great. They get the challenge done in 23 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kronos comes up. And I believe Jesse is the communicator. Yes. And they're going through and we're seeing all the snafus they're hitting, but we never see a timer. Yeah, the timer disappears. It is mostly Jesse talking to Frank and Frank dragging his team yes. through the mud. And what's fascinating is 
we've watched a lot of bad TV and a lot of bad reality TV. Mm-hmm. And this is a point where if you know how the sausage is made, you can already tell the outcome. Yeah. Because they never show a timer and they're only showing Kronos screwing up. Mm-hmm. Which means Kronos not only won, Kronos won by about five minutes. But they needed to edit it to look suspenseful. Because I... And this is the point where the show feels broken. Yes. Uh, because once again, Kronos is going to the future. Yes. And Epoch is going to go suffer in the past. Uh, they do announce the favorite and least favorite of the week at this point. Mm-hmm. The favorite is Lauren. Yes. And the least favorite is Jesse. Yes. Lauren's gift is that she receives a spa day and she chooses Sam to share it with mm-hmm. because they are, you know, two women who are very close. This is another moment where we have a, a bit of foreshadowing. There is a third woman on Team Epoch who looks momentarily jealous, mm-hmm. but we never see that plot line through. No. Like Angela looks a little iced out and it kind of looks like they're going like, oh, it's this really intense female friendship that Angela's not in on. Right. And so the Angela's hurt by. But we don't do that. Jesse is the least favorite of the week. Probably because he hurt a dude. Yeah, remember when he killed that guy? (laughs) And Jesse has to be the servant. Yeah, it's the opposite. So it's the opposite world where he (laughs) has to be a servant. So him and Frank, because he chooses Frank, has to go... Frank steps up. Yeah, he steps up and he gets chosen. Uh, Have to go clean the hole that they poop in and there's also over this, at team epoch there's also this really funny moment where they're giving them foot massages and frank is complaining incessantly because he has to give steve and jr foot massages yeah and jesse is giving angela a foot massage and says nothing and and he's like killing it like he's using an orange peel to yeah. make it like <laughs> i was like man he's great at this but like we see a talking head of Frank, like, complaining and kind of being, like, upset that he touched other dudes' feet. Mm-hmm. And Jesse's just like, this is not the worst day I've had today. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's this very weird moment of, like, oh, okay. Um, Sam and Danielle are chosen as the protected. Mm-hmm. I literally have a note, Danielle, space, and then I just forgot to finish that note because Danielle has done nothing. Not at all. And I forgot, like... Danielle and Lizette, at this point, are so far under the radar. That's what I'm saying about this, like, middle-of-the-pack situation. Of their... Two of the more well-liked people on Kronos. Mm-hmm. But they're still, like, fourth and fifth least liked in the popularity rankings. Yeah. They're just in the middle and no one cares. Yeah, they're in the middle. They're not standout personalities. They are blending in. This is when we get that annoying, like, day-in-the-life Mm-hmm. video package of like we play video games we're super happy and then like epoch's like we poop in a hole and do zumba <laughs> yeah we do some zumba mm. danielle is a charisma vacuum uh my next three notes are jesse jeffrey's annoying danielle is a charisma vacuum and why did jesse quote the little mermaid did jesse quote the little mermaid i think he says like we've got gadgets and gizmos plenty oh okay <laughs> and i was like did you just... And that's when I have that horrifying moment of like, oh God, pro- I'd probably be friends with Jesse in this show. Yeah. Probably because <laughs> I'd be afraid he'd wear me as a dress. Mm. Um, 
Jesse and Mercy have had a fight that you talked about later and I had forgotten about. Yeah, Jesse, this is a very interesting idea. Jesse realizes that, because now Jesse has done both punishments. Yes. Kronos will never get win a challenge when it comes to the Twitter popularity vote as long as they're in the future. Mm-hmm. So they throw out the he throws out the idea, if we win, why don't we choose the past? Show America we can do it. Show that we're showing mercy to Team Epoch and want it to be an even game because this game is broken and the producers aren't going to fix it, so we can. So he puts out this idea of like, let's choose the past. Maybe there's something about the past we don't know because they, they're still confused yeah. about the idea that one is just perfect and the other is just miserable. There yeah. has to be a catch. So he brings that up and Mercy in literally the only moment of her stay that I can talk about gets this like angry like I'm an athlete. She does the claps. Yeah. Uh, I'm an athlete. I'm not going over there until you rip it from my hands. And Jesse's like get out of my face and then Mercy puts her entire face in his face. Yes. <laughs> but this is an interesting idea. That we've now gotten to the point where they are considering getting rid of luxury to try to earn favor with the audience. Yeah. To show, like, the audience is having that big of an effect on the game. Yes. So it's, like, an inter- it's one of the few moments where I'm like, ooh, they're discussing strategy. Yes. And it's also, like, establishing Jesse as a game player. Yes. It's establishing Jesse is not just a psychopath. It's he's starting to like show he understands how the game is played. Mm-hmm. And it's like telegraphing, like, oh, this is gonna be interesting in the future. And then uh we see the Jeffrey and JR alliance, and Danielle catches Jeffrey talking to JR. Yes. Because Jeffrey is bad at being a snake. It should be noted that he's talking to JR through the glass wall in the bathroom. So I just, I just want to point out, there's a glass wall in the bathroom. Yeah, we I've I've had that thought of like, oh, this there's like no privacy involved mm-hmm. here. And I don't think we've mentioned this, but there's a moment between Jr. and Jeffrey where they're trying to establish their alliance, mm-hmm. where Jr. fist pounds the glass, and Jeffrey puts his hand flat against it and makes like a turkey. <laughs> I was like, just to show how like not on the same page they are. <laughs> And then, like, Jeffrey cries when Danielle catches him because Jeffrey. Yes. And Luke brings out Jeffrey and JR, and this is something I want to point out. Uh, Jeffrey's wearing a white coat like he always would be. Yes. JR's wearing a coat. Yeah, they finally give these poor freezing people coats. They had to Amazon Prime out some brown coats for Epoch Mm -hmm. because the furs were not doing it anymore, and I think they were realizing, like, it looked bad. Yeah, it looks like you're just torturing people. Uh, Jeffrey admits that he's crying, he's fake crying most of the time on camera to the American audience. The other players don't see it, but like the audience sees Jeffrey go like, I am fake crying. Yes. The audience who is in charge of the Twitter vote. (laughs) Like anytime Jeffrey's in a talking head, he's just kind of like, here's another reason not to like me. (laughs) And I realized that. The problem becomes Jeffrey is trying to use JR, who was previously the most popular player, to become more likable. But instead it's the bucket of crabs thing, 
Yeah. Where Jeffrey is clawing JR down and JR is becoming ever less likable yeah, by hanging out with Jeffrey. <laughs> um, so Sam uh, ends up being the decider and it's this like chaser be chased labyrinth. Well, well, here's this is important because uh, <laughs> this cracks me up. Uh, when the two protected are Sam and who who do they pick on the other side? Danielle. They for pick some Danielle, reason. right? Uh, they give them a clue. Yeah. And they're like, speed and agility is the clue. Yeah. And then the teams go and discuss like who from our team should go up, who should we choose from the other team, how should we figure it out? And Lizette goes, so the clue is speed and agility. All the challenges have been speed and agility. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> so, Angela volunteers to step up against Frank for some reason. And Sam lets it happen. Well, Sam says, Angela, it's going to be you. Yeah, because Angela has not done much. Because she's small, so she'll probably be a- uh, agile. So she's like, we're thinking Frank. But, like, they could also throw in... I think they consider her Lizette. Yeah. Uh, we were like, Frank would like it'd be better for the team if Frank is gone, and we think he's real big, so he's probably not that fast. Smash cut to Frank going, I'm really fast. Yes. <laughs> I might be big, I'm real fast. But Sam chooses Frank versus Angela, and Luke Tipple looks at her and goes, um, okay. All right, a little David and Goliath thing going on here. Huh? All right. So it's chase or be chased. Angela chooses to be chased, and then Frank has to chase her. We, we gotta s- slow up a little bit here. Okay. They flip a coin to decide who gets to choose who to be chased and who to be the chaser. You will never convince me that that coin was not loaded. I, I totally believe the coin was loaded because they give it to Epoch. Epoch wins, and she's like, I want to be chased by Frank. And there's a moment where Luke is like, Fine! <laughs> You guys can't figure out anything, can you? And you can kind of see Frank like, no, I really don't want to do this. <laughs> like, Frank is uncomfortable. So, Angela, mm-hmm. it's now up to you. In tonight's duel, you get to choose if you will chase or be chased. I will choose to be chased. Okay. Angela chooses to be chased, so be it. Frank, you'll have to go after her. Because the chaser has to survive for a minute? The chasey, yes. Oh, yeah, the chasey. Is it a minute or is it longer? It's a minute. It's a minute. The chaser just has to catch him in this arena in a minute. 11 seconds later. I just want to point this out before we go into it. How easy it would have been to be like, each of you will get a turn to be the chaser or the chasey. Whoever has the best time wins. Yep. Why not do it that way? It's so obvious. Yep, I know. So, 11 seconds later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I want you to try to imagine this with me here. Uh, Frank has to start by crawling through a labyrinth. Yes. And he's very big, so you would think him crawling through it would be difficult. Unless he was like a firefighter. Yeah. Who was trained to crawl through things. Meanwhile, Angela's going to zip line in. Like Tinkerbell. Like Tinkerbell. And then she can run through, there's like a tube, and then there's like a bunch of cardboard tube, like forest, and then there's like another thing you can kind of go through. There's like a ramp, and there's like a foam wall you can break through. Yes. Like there's a bunch of stuff. What happens is, 
By the time Angela lands from her zipline, Frank is through the maze, and then Angela runs directly into Frank. Yep. Oh, and the timer starts when she gets on the zipline. Yeah. So, like, it's not like she survives for 11 seconds. Mm -hmm. She survives for about four. Yeah, and, like, it seems so obvious to me. It's like, Frank is very big. See that tunnel that's kind of small? Go hide in it. And then loop him like it's dead by daylight. Like, anytime he goes to go in one end, you go out the other. And if he starts to crawl through, then run away. If he tries to catch you, go back in the tube and crawl through. You could do that for a minute. And maybe he'll get stuck like a bear in a log. Yeah, he'll get Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> but instead, she runs directly at him. Cling to the zip line and just try to stay out of reach. Like, I'm I'm of the opinion that she quit. That, that this she, is a fox based suicide. Just like, yeah, go ahead and take it. Yeah. Because I cannot understand why she would run directly into Frank. And it also should be noted, because this is a trend with Frank, Frank overly celebrates. Oh, yeah. Beast mode! Rawr! Because you have to rip a flag off the chase. Yeah. He tries to rip the flag in half (laughs) and fails to do so. (laughs) That is something we will see over and over and over again. Frank has the flags. Over in 10 seconds, Angela is eliminated. Teams, head on down. Head on down to your players. This is the least funny. They get funnier as it goes along. Now, and the next episode opens with him saying, ripping that off her didn't make me proud. And then everybody mentally smash cuts to him screaming, Beast mode! Yeah! Yeah! Booyah! Yeah! Yeah! So that is the end of week three. So that's six of the 12 episodes. Uh, I think this is going to be a Stay Doomed first. I think we're going to give you a two-parter for this one. To be continued. Because there's a, there's so much more we have to say about this. Guys, we have like eight more injuries to cover. Yeah, we got a bunch more injuries to talk about. How did Jenny Nicholson get through the show in 20 minutes? Yeah, I have no idea. But uh, we have a lot more to talk about here. And since this was suggested, this is probably our most suggested show. Yeah, so we, thanks, Jenny. We want to give this the much love as you guys earn. Or just, yeah, you <laughs> Try that sentence again. We want to give this as much love as you guys wanted, since you guys wanted this episode so bad. So we're going to make it a two-part episode. And so next week, we'll give you the second half of this. And basically, you're getting another episode of Stay Doomed. So yay! Yay! Yay, Extended! Extended for another episode! Woo! So anything you want to add about this first half so far? Uh, We end with um, Frank bragging too much and screaming beast mode. And to the point where now the contestants realize the game is inherently broken. Yes. I I feel like this is the last episode that most people watched live. Yes, I 100% agree. This looks like, this feels like the place where a lot of people quit the show. Because I want to point out that uh, episode three, this mm-hmm. is after the first live episode, uh, Luke Tibble says, we were the number one trending show. Yes. Then, a week later, says the amount of tweets about this show has tripled. Mm -hmm. After that, he never brags about Twitter again. Yes. So I think there is a harsh drop at this point. I also want to point out that when Lauren wins Most Likeable, her likability index is at 100. Another character is at 38 and wins in a later episode. Yeah. So the amount of tweets do fall off significantly. 
Yes, it, it's also this is something I want to like point out from like a design point of view. We as an audience, mm-hmm. what we want more than anything is to see Epoch in the future. Yes, like that is what they have built into us right now. Epoch mm-hmm. is beaten down; they're the underdogs. They deserve the future. We want to see them in the future. Absolutely. But since this is going on live, that is a promise that the show can't make to us. Mm-hmm. That they will ever make it to the future. So, the producers have to hope that eventually Epoch wins. So they have to start finding ways to stack the deck. And if e- Epoch never wins, and this was like not a live show, they would have made it so that we didn't like Epoch as much as we do, mm-hmm. or that the past isn't as bad as we view it as being. Yeah. But the fact that it's live, the producers are at a point where they are selling us that the past is awful. When Epoch makes it to the future, it's going to be the greatest thing ever. By the end of this episode, I believe that will never happen. Yeah, and like, they also ground into us how Epoch ruins your performance. You're not sleeping very well. You're not eating very well. So now you have people who are freezing cold overextended like at their wits like I don't think I know when I get like three nights of sleep in a row that are less than seven hours in my very comfortable bed I'm kind of a bear yeah I can't imagine living a week like this yeah and the contestants are all remarkably well behaved considering this is also we hear Epoch constantly talking about it. it comes up several times which means that like we're, we don't see them 24 hours a day, of course. It's edited down. So this must come up a lot over at EPAC. Epoch. Where are the puzzles? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there has to be a, a, a challenge that is puzzles, right? They're Especially, not going to keep doing this to Kronos us. Is, Kronos lost their puzzle person immediately. Yeah, Rachel was their puzzle they established that Rachel was good at puzzles. Mm-hmm. And so that's, we have this like inherent issue with how the game is being played. And I also... We've had too many injuries, and I am I, to the point where I do not think Epoch is living... I don't think they're living well, but I don't think they're living as poorly mm-hmm. as sci-fi wants us to think. Because I think we're hitting sanitation... Someone would have gotten infected by now. Yes. With what... Like, with as disgusting as their conditions are said to be, they would be... They would look much grosser. Mm-hmm. And they would also be, like, running the risk of constant infection they clearly have access to clean water yeah yeah. there's there's clearly something there's an overall tone of fakeness yes and i mean that's inherent because they're not actually in the past but just in general of just like unauthenticity yeah and i think the first big tell is when you realize one of the girls is wearing makeup and a talking head yeah Uh, and as someone that loves reality shows i was actually when i was in high school i started writing a book called How to Win at Reality Shows, mm-hmm. where I, I took your sh- uh, every show and would just break down how you win. The way you win this is you, you're you're in the future. You start in the future. You're in the future and be really big and strong. <laughs> yeah, and be frank. Like, yeah. All right. So that's, that's the halfway point. We got plenty more to talk about. Yeah. Stay tuned, kids. So, stay... so this episode of Stay Doomed is a stay tuned. It's a stay tuned because it is a two-parter. Where can people find us? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. Uh, where can people see us live? Uh, you can see us live 
this Friday night at Oticon in Washington, D.C. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. If you want to talk to me about how you would injure Kronos if you were on Team Epoch, I'm at TV's Noah. And if you want to talk to me about how you would exploit the uh, romantic drama to try to get someone to like you on Twitter, I'm at Priorities, and I don't feel good about that one. Stay doomed!